0: It's time for episode number 25 of Precipe Your Luck. This week, we talk about the sheet pan cumin pork chops and Brussels sprouts we made last week, and then we play another exciting game of Precipe Your Luck. I'm Ian, and here's Kate.
1: Hello, everyone. I know I usually dominate the opening segment of Precipe Your Luck, but for this episode, I'm going to let Ian take the lead. Don't get used to it. Okay. Okay, honey, you're on.
0: All right. So, last week, you talked about a hero... I did. And uh, and then the challenge was for me to come up with a hero. Uh, so one of the things I thought about was just how many different kinds of heroes there are, right? You know, heroes for – they're heroes because they were brave. They're heroes because they did something awesome in sports. They're comic book heroes, right? All kinds of stuff. But um, when I really think about it, like one of the things that – or one of the types of heroes, I guess, that really appeals to me, really speaks to me, are the scientist types who – not just push the ball ahead a little bit, but the ones who, like, invent something that is so radically new and ahead of its time and literally didn't exist before it it existed in their head. Uh, And so I want to talk today about one of my favorite heroes in that category, and that is Charles Babbage. Uh, For those of you who don't know who he is, he basically invented a mechanical computer in the early 1800s. Uh, more than a hundred years in fact, before the first electronic computer would be built, and yet it was so well designed that a lot of the parts that he designed are still in use in computers today. a lot of the ways he the way he like segmented out things like the memory and the processing unit and the instructions like that stuff is still used in computers today. Really? yeah and so it's just it's incredible to think about that right that that this guy a fully a hundred years before the electronics would be available to build an electronic computer had the idea of how to do this with just gears and cranks and pens and things right it's it's That's just crazy yeah he actually built even before that he actually built one of the first I don't think it was the very first mechanical calculator but it was one of the first. He actually had one that was working in as early as eighteen twenty two. Dang. And then his design for the computer really started in eighteen thirty three. And the thing the, the 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 thing that most people point to is the first modern electronic computer wasn't built until nineteen thirty nine.
1: That's crazy. So yeah,
0: hundred and six years later. Wow. Uh another thing that's cool about Babbage, I think, is he did he's one of those, you know one of those great thinker types that did a lot of things in a lot of different fields, right? He was primarily known as a mathematician. Um, but he got into actually for a while, he was one of the first pioneers in operational research, which is of course the fancy way of saying the people who go to factories and figure out how to make the factories run better and fast, faster, That's what more oppo- efficiently.
1: Oppositional research is
0: operational,
1: operational research. research. Yeah. I, sh- I really should pay attention better. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um, yeah, he was—he really was one of the first pioneers in early business modernization. Uh, there was actually something called the Babbage principle that was used through the 1970s, um, dang, as a as a way to uh, increase productivity by it. Basically, ha- it, it basically is a, like a a really advanced form of specialization, uh-huh. right? You know, trying to get uh, the figuring out that the more specialized tasks were to people, the more efficient your business could be. Uh, he also was a train engineer for a while where he invented the cow catcher. How awesome is that?
1: That's pretty awesome. Except if you're a cow.
0: Well, sure. Uh, and then he got into later in his life, he got into cryptography. Mm -hmm. His work there was so advanced. The military wouldn't let him put his name on it because they didn't want someone coming along and trying to steal his research. Dang. 10 years later, somebody invented the thing that he invented and the British military basically made him let that guy take credit for it.
1: Well, that stinks.
0: Yeah, people didn't even know that happened for like a hundred years. They only figured that out in like 1985. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and then here's the other cool part that that, that uh, made me think of him. Uh, his Some of his work is actually coming back around now. Because in some of the uh, intense environments where computers won't work, mm-hmm. so, and specifically like high radiation or high electricity, Oh yeah. People are now trying to build mechanical computers. They're obviously they're a lot more advanced with we can build way fancier and way smaller machine parts sure. than he ever could, but they are using a lot of his basic concepts in designing these new mechanical computers for use in, you know, uh in huh. in tough environments where electrical computers can fail. So, so that's who I wanted to talk about Charles Babbage. I just I think he's amazing and doesn't get enough credit and remembrance in in modern society because so much of what we do now is you know still based on stuff that he came up with
1: do you think current like cs students learn about him
0: i suspect you probably get what two pay you know two paragraphs on in chapter one of the history of computing and then you're off to the races and probably never talk about him again
1: boy that seems like a shame he seems like a gutenberg level guy yeah yeah, it really is and one And he those... needs to be up there with Gutenberg, right?
0: hmm Absolutely.
1: Talking about the printing press guy, not the actor.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably nobody knows who either are, so it's okay. Well, thank you for sharing that, Ian. You're welcome. You did a very fine job. There's a chance you might get to do the whole opening by yourself again Ooh. at some point. I know. <laughs> All right, you ready to move on? Let's do it. Can you remind me what we made last week?
0: We made the sheet pan cumin pork chops and Brussels sprouts. In this convenient sheet pan supper, bone-in pork chops are coated in a spicy, garlicky cumin rub before being cooked alongside Brussels sprouts and sage leaves. Roasted at high heat, the sprouts get golden at their edges and tender at their cores, while the sage leaves turn brown and crisp all over, almost as if you'd fried them. So where did we buy the ingredients?
1: We bought everything in Central Market.
0: How did we deviate from the recipe?
1: All right, we went pretty far afield. First of all, I'm sick and tired of these recipes. They're like, buy an in, uh, inch and a half thick pork chop. I've never in my whole life, <laughs> outside of a restaurant, seen a pork chop that thick. And Central Market has a lot of different types of meat, and it's a pretty high-quality butcher shop inside the store i don't know it's it's not really a shop but butcher counter yeah so i bought the thickest ones they had it was closer to three quarters of an inch yeah but that just ticks me off we didn't use the sage leaves at all because i feel compelled to carry on my dad's hatred of sage here here And then once we realized the Brussels sprouts were just roasted with salt and pepper and olive oil, we changed it to green beans because we have had both before and we like green beans and the Brussels sprouts, not so much. You, you more so than me, but yeah, I really do enjoy the roasted green beans. Yeah, me too. Okay. Anything else we deviated? I think that's most of it. it. Okay. All
0: right. So how long did it take?
1: I really wasn't that involved in the preparation. I had two really demanding days on Monday and Tuesday, and I whined and made you do the preparation because you were supposed to prepare um, um, like a dry brine and put that on the pork chops for either 20, somewhere between 20 and 20 minutes and 24 hours. Yeah, it was a
0: nice big window.
1: Yeah, so we did it overnight, but you did that. Yeah, and uh, you also did all the cooking because I whined again the next day, and that yeah, I mean the, pretty so, effective.
0: So the marinade was uh, not marinade rub, I guess was mm-hmm. super simple, right? It was only what about six ingredients? Yeah, stir in a bowl, Most,
1: mostly cumin, and
0: smear on the pork chops. Yeah, yeah, very cuminy. We'll get, I'm sure we'll, we'll get. We'll give back that to that. To that. Uh, and then yeah, the prep wasn't, but the prep wasn't bad. We just uh, threw some foil on the on a couple of sheet pans and put the pork chops in one and the green beans in the other. They cooked at the same temp, but the pork chops needed. Yeah. Longer. We're going to
1: cover that too.
0: So yeah, the the prep on this is actually very reasonable. Uh, how was the cleanup?
1: Well, you're a rock star. And like you mentioned, you lined the pans with foil. So cleanup was super duper easy. I know I only vaguely named our previous easy cleanup meal as like getting some a name, some vague award but this time i'm gonna just name it after my mom and call it loretta approved nice because it it the cleanup was great
0: all right and so what did you think of the results
1: well you touched on some of it why would you need whole cumin and ground cumin in the same recipe that was a lot of cute like a lot yeah. a lot of cumin a lot of cumin yep a lot of cumin.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I honestly would say on the whole, I did like it. Yeah. But yes, I would I would definitely dial back on the cumin. That was yes, a Yes, that lot. was
1: a lot of cumin.
0: If you really like your Cuban, <laughs> so. Okay.
1: So there's this episode of Beverly Hills 90210 in the first season where they go to a restaurant. Where Brandon works as a busboy, I think. Or oh. maybe, maybe, I know... I know that Dylan goes to eat at a restaurant called Cumin. Oh. <laughs> and so they reference that throughout, um, throughout the podcast of Again With This. So that's all I think of. But I do like <laughs> Cumin. It's part of what makes Doritos yummy. But mm-hmm. it was too much Cumin. Yeah. It, over, it completely overwhelmed the taste of the pork. Agreed. And I just dial back the Cumin. I have a rant about sheet pan cooking. And this was, I actually had these thoughts, and it was brilliantly written by someone whose first name is Daniel on Serious Eats, and I can't remember his last name, and I didn't think to pull up the article. You can't just call it a sheet pan dinner because you cook it on a sheet pan. To qualify as a sheet pan dinner, it should be multiple ingredients on a single sheet pan. Right. We had the pork chops on one, the green beans on the other. They didn't share the, the, the dry rub. Because the green beans or Brussels sprouts, salt, pepper, oil, boom. Whereas the pork top's more complicated. And that just bugs me. So I think, you know, and he said this in the article. If you had 4,000 sheet pan recipes, 300 and, what did he say? Oh, 3,950 of them are going to be single items cooked on a sheet pan.
0: Right.
1: So apparently we make a roast chicken, a sheet pan roast chicken, Ian. Oh, okay. Nice. All right, that's my rant. Okay, whew. Okay. And it was juicy, and, but it wasn't like super tender.
0: Yes, they, yeah, I would actually agree with that. That it was a, The texture was definitely a little tough on the chops.
1: A little tough, and I don't think that was... Now, that's something else. The recipe had a temperature to medium rare, and I don't know if it's because I'm old, but I'm not comfortable with medium rare pork. My pork should not bleed like my steaks do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm still with you on that yeah. too, actually.
1: And you know, if there are any foodies listening to the show, well, first of all, I apologize. Second of all, you can tell us we're wrong, but I'm not going to change my mind because you come know. at me, bro. <laughs> well, you can at me because I don't know how to log into Twitter. So at me all you want. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else to say? beyond? Apparently I didn't get to talk enough in the first section, so I'm going to just like run you over in this okay, section. Okay, that's
0: fine. No, I think we're good here.
1: Okay. It was a pretty simple meal. It did cook quickly. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: okay. All right, well, then here are the rules for those of you who haven't played before. We're going to a, have a pressure luck style game uh, based off the recipes from the New York Times... Uh, weekly email recipe thing. Uh, The recipes go Monday to Friday. Uh, If you pass on a recipe, it's gone forever. You can't go back to it. If you make it to Friday, you have to make that one. Are we ready to play?
1: Actually, Ian, can you play our plot twist music?
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Oh, that was very good. This week we're having an all desserts, press your luck. Precipe your luck. Yay! (laughs) Sorry, press your luck. I did not mean to infringe on your commercial rights. Precipe your luck. And we're going to keep plot twisting. Once you pass on it, you can't have it for a year. This isn't (laughs) something that you're like, okay, we'll make this. I'm going to pass, but I know we'll make this next month. Nope. Nope.
0: Oh, devious.
1: Yes. This was a, I curated the list. I pick the recipes, and then I randomize the recipes. Okay. So there's still some random chance, but dang it, I'm tired of the New York Times trying to feed me greens <laughs> and beans. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah, if they could do shrimp and beans one more time. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, then are we ready to play the special all-dessert edition?
1: We are ready to play.
0: A one-year ban on anything I pass on, huh? Yep. Whew. All right, the stakes have never been higher. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then here we go. Monday.
1: Lemon layer cake with lemon cream cheese buttercream. This recipe comes to us from Sally's Baking Addiction. This lemon layer cake recipe is adapted from the most popular cake recipe on my blog, Lemon Blueberry Cake. Lemon Blueberry Cake has been on my top 10 recipes for the past four years. It's moist, sweet, buttery, and loaded with fresh lemon. I decided a plain lemon cake needed its own separate blog post. Enveloped with lemon cream cheese buttercream and garnished with whipped cream, this towering beauty stands up to its blueberry-studded sister. That Sally can turn a phrase.
0: Yeah. I love lemon and I love cream cheese. I have a feeling that's real good.
1: Looks real good.
0: But dang it, it's only Monday. What if there's something better?
1: It's an all recipe edition. <laughs> addi- I can't speak. I I'm sorry. A passing. Okay, you're passing. Why are you passing? You think there's something better coming? Yeah.
0: Okay. Purely that, because that sounds really good. Tuesday.
1: Key lime snowball cookies. Mouth puckeringly tart and satisfyingly sweet. These crunchy, sugar coated cookies are bound to quickly become a family favorite. Forgot to mention, these are from King Arthur. The recipe.
0: Okay. Hmm. Well, you know, I do love key lime pie. I know. That sounds good, too.
1: They looked good.
0: I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not feeling the citrus for some reason. Okay. So I'm passing. Okay. Wednesday.
1: This recipe comes to us from Sally's baking Ad- addiction as well. Chocolate peanut butter cheesecake bars. <laughs> Seriously indulgent and creamy, these chocolate peanut butter cheesecake bars are like eating a peanut butter cup in cheesecake form. Quicker to bake and chill than a full cheesecake. These layered bars are the perfect choice when you need a crowd-pleasing dessert that's also portable, easy to serve, and handheld.
0: Holy crap, that sounds good.
1: They looked good, too. <laughs>
0: I'm in. I'm so in.
1: That's the one you're picking? That's
0: the one I'm picking.
1: Okay. You sure? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you want to wipe up the drool? it
0: <laughs> will be time for that later. <laughs> All right, but for those of you playing along at home... Thursday.
1: Now I don't know how to say this word. I'm just blanking on like... Don't judge me.
0: Nope.
1: Wellesley Fudge Cake. Wellesley Fudge Cake originated roughly a century ago when the founder of Wellesley College held that pies, lies, and donuts should never have a place in Wellesley College. I should have known how to say that before... You know reading the description yeah. students honed their fudge making skills in secret and produced some impressive fudge when we, when we tested recipes for the fudge cake we found the decades of chocolate overload had desensitized the modern palate and far more chocolate flavor was required for our recipe so we saw this on an episode of cook's country
0: yeah i remember and thinking that it looked pretty cool
1: it did look pretty cool still does You won't know.
0: Not for a year. For a year. And Friday.
1: Bananas Foster. Bananas, rum, brown sugar served over ice cream. Pretty simple, but pretty tasty. And that recipe came to us from Food Network.
0: Ah, yes. Well, those are all good things, and definitely those are four things I will be sad not to eat this year. (laughs) There will be one thing I'll be very happy to eat.
1: Well, that's good.
0: All right. Anything else?
1: Yes. So I work at a hospital, and we get a lot of emails about what to do if we suspect we have the coronavirus. We're supposed to go to our personal doctor's office where they'll do a strep test and a flu test and then decide if we need a coronavirus test. Last November, I had an awful, awful cold and was given a flu test, against my will, because I knew I didn't have the flu, and it cost $90, and I have insurance. I have no idea good what- insurance. I have good insurance. I have no idea what a strip test costs, and heaven only knows what the coronavirus test will cost, and yet we wonder why people don't want to go to the doctor. We can do better, America. You're here, here. Now I'm done. Okay. Elizabeth would have done better.
0: Now I'm done done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Precipe Your Luck. Visit our website at com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you played along tonight, let us know what you picked. And if you want to get a recipe put in the randomizer for a future episode, you can email it to us at precipeyourluck at com. For Kate, I'm Ian, and we'll be back next week.
1: Bye.